interrupted. I hung out with Tibbs, mm. right? And that good game that we we won in Miami, I, I hung out with six in the morning. Mm. Me and West. Oh, yeah, yo, he was outside? Tibbs was outside. Oh, he was outside. Tibbs was, was outside. Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> I tried to take him to the strip club. He wasn't jacking that. <laughs> I tried to take him to the booby trap. He wasn't jacking that. Oh, no. Nah. I was like, yo, Tibbs. He said, what's in there? I said, devil, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's good, everybody? Welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, and as usual, I got my guys with me, Christian Winfield, lethal shooter. Listen, Boogie Down Bronx hip-hop legend, Fat Joe, is going to be joining Mm -hmm. us later in the show, a fellow Knicks fanatic like your girl, so I'm very excited about that. I know Christian can't wait to give him a hard time like he gives me about the Knicks. (laughs) It's definitely going to be an interesting conversation. So you guys don't want to miss that. But we want to, of course, thank you guys for supporting the show. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we are on Instagram and Twitter. Interact with us and you might just hear your comments on the next Show. All right, guys. So we are in the midst of the NBA playoffs. It is a fantastic time if you are a basketball fan, enthusiast, or fanatic like we all are. Mm-hmm. So here's proof that you may hear your comments on the show because we asked you for the first impressions of the NBA playoffs so far on our social media pages, and you delivered with all of the takes. Mm. So we're going to get started with this installment of Get At Me. We want to hear from you. Please let us know what you think. It's time for Get At Me. Get At Me. me. All right. So our first take comes from Instagram and oh. it comes from AJ Kelly. I know. Shout out to we IG, We get right? takes from IG. Wow. Yeah, oh, we moving up. Certified what the fuck is going up. Stop we are playing. on all the social media platforms. Like I told you, get at us. <laughs> so our first take comes from Instagram and it comes from AJ Kelly 76. And he says, if Maxi continues to play like this, the Sixers are the new favorites in the East. Uh-uh. Christian. Nah, Christian, you can stop right there. Wait, wait, <laughs> let me tee you up. <laughs> With the Sixers taking a commanding 2-0 lead against the Raptors, a team that you've had smoke for all season long, do you agree with AJ's assertion? Absolutely not. Number one, the oh Raptors are without Scotty Barnes. They miss, they're just, they, they play good basketball, but at the end of the day, you just need talent. And they don't have it with the injuries that they have. And Joel Embiid is just that guy. And, and to credit, Maxie's stepping up. Right, but you can't tell me that just because the Sixers are dominating the Toronto Raptors that now they're the favorites in the East. You got to go through Milwaukee. You got to go through Yo Miami Heat. You got to go through whoever comes out of this Celtics Net series. And I still got the the Sixers as fourth below those those three teams that could be ahead of them. So nah, I, I love the way Ty- Tyrese Maxey's playing, but nah, son, that's not it. I mean, yeah, it's definitely they're not looking so hot. Um, the Raptors, obviously, but I, I it's hard to believe that the Raptors are going into Jurassic Park and not putting up a fight. I think that we're going to see a little bit of a shift in the series where they're going to put a game, maybe two games 
on the board and we'll get a more competitive series in that sense. Ultimately, I still have the 76ers coming out. I actually had the series going seven with the 76ers winning in seven. So I think it's a little bit of a rocky road, but I think those two home games are going to be monumental for the Raptors to get back into this thing. You know, the crowd in Toronto is crazy. Drake's probably going to be up there, you know, causing mischief and mayhem as usual. And I think they're going to feed off of that energy and they're going to need it. Sometimes you just need to get back home and get back to your familiar surroundings, your familiar, you know, arena, the core, all the aspects of what it's like playing and getting that home court advantage to kind of get you back into things mentally. I think we're going to see a, a little bit of a shift in this series for sure. Yeah, that, that all sounds good. But at the end of the day, when you got Joel Embiid on that side of the floor, you got Harden space on the floor, you got Maxi, you got all those weapons that Philly has. I'm sorry. I, I love how Toronto plays. I think Nick Nurse is an incredible coach. I love how they mm-hmm. scramble. But I mean, Lethal, when you look at what Joel Embiid has been able to do and just the different weapons that Philly has, I mean, do you you think there's any chance? I, I think the Raptors could get swept on their own home floor. What do you think? Man? Wow. Yeah. No respect. Uh, I, I have to I have to agree with you, AJ. AJ Kelly, we, we appreciate you for listening to the podcast, but this isn't it. Um, as much as I, as much as I, <laughs> see, you always making it seem so bad. I was being honest. Like, I got clients on the Sixers. Those are my guys. But they need a little bit more than that for them to win the East. And, and they're a great team. All due respect to them, but I don't have them um, winning to, winning the East. But like you said, Joel Embiid, the way that he's playing right now, and it's, it's just next level. But we got to see a little bit more out of James Harden. If James Harden shows right. us, and I think Ashley might have said it last podcast, if he shows us that old James a few more games in a row, I might can say, you know what, they have a chance. But it's just, it doesn't look so consistent. It doesn't look so tasting as much watching him play. Because the one thing I did love last game, he didn't over dribble. I don't know mm. if you guys noticed mm. that he was Facts. he was yeah. playing within the game. He was he wasn't even trying to draw fouls. He was getting to the rim. He was doing different things, making other people better. And most importantly, when Maxi was getting off, James wasn't trying to compete with him. He was like just spacing the floor out. So that that shows growth. And if he keeps that up, we'll see. But as of right now, the way he's been playing and what they needed, I have to agree with you, Chris. Like all due respect to the Sixers and their fans, they they don't have a chance of. Winning, winning right. the East, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely going to be interesting because it's hard to kind of make that statement against when you're when the team is playing in a series like this, right? They're obviously drastically better than the Raptors as they are right now. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, Scotty Barnes is on the team. You get a little bit of a different, you know, experience. But I think right now. You know, it's very lopsided. And I think James Harden is getting away with kind of doing the bare minimum because you're not playing a team that's on the same competitive level as you as they are right now in this series. But if they ultimately go ahead and come out of this series, and I say if because we've seen crazier things happen in the playoffs, if they come out of this series, they have to go and face an extremely, extremely good Miami Heat basketball team. And I'm saying they're going to face Miami because the Hawks are getting cooked. All right. I'm saying it right now. And I will tell you, I was at the game on Sunday. There's no better smell in the world than cooked hawk. I'll tell you that mm-hmm. right there. Um, it has, to taste, it has to taste really bad, by the way. It smells sensational. I don't know how it tastes, but it smells absolutely Is that what Madison Square Garden smelled like last last playoffs? Or I don't know. I, well, we cooked. We did cook Trey Young in, in MSG once upon a time, you know. Oh. But, you know, I'll tell you, it smells even, it's it smells sensational. Just leave it there. 
But I'm going to go ahead. I Obviously, I had Miami coming out of that series, you know, regardless of who their opponent was. You know, I just think that that's a really good basketball team. That's going to be the test for the 76ers is how you can perform against a team that's on your level and in some aspects better than you. I yeah. think it's hard to gauge that in this series against the Raptors. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And then you also consider Gary Trent went down as well, right? He got hurt. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's a tough series for the Raptors because in some respects, like, you know, they play really they, they play a style of basketball that has to overcompensate for the lack of talent that they don't have. Right. Like they don't wow. have any star power. Right. And, um, you know, we're talking about what adjustments can Nick Nurse make. I mean, he can pray. Right. That's that's what right. happens when you come in Not down when you pray when you're playing against stars <laughs> like a Giannis, like a KD, yeah, like, don't a, have enough. like an Embiid and you don't have that talent. You better yeah. get on your knees and ask God for a miracle, because at a right. certain point, it's nothing they're going to be able to do. Well, I mean, yeah, the, the Raptors fans go are zone. amazing. Raptors, yeah. they, they can go zone. Joel Embiid going to eat that up or he's going to find these players are too smart. You know, the vibes. Right. James Harden right. has seen every single defense. So is Embiid. Right. Listen, I understand Jurassic Park. I understand that the fans are, are incredible, <laughs> but those fans ain't coming on the floor to guard Joel Embiid. So I'm sorry, right, man. Right, it's, right. It's, it's a wrap for them. But I don't want to... Let me put this out there because I don't want to get caught up next week in the podcast. It <laughs> is hard to play in Toronto. Sure. So she does have a good point that not saying the Sixers won't win, but it's not going to be easy. You know, oh, I, for I, sure. I see, I see Toronto fight and I see the crowd possibly making certain players do things they normally wouldn't do because of drilling of the crowd. So they might have a chance to win possibly one. I didn't say a sweep. So just I absolutely said a sweep. listen. Uh, get the brooms Jurassic ready. Par- Jurassic Park's no joke. And then you <laughs> right. you go ahead and you bring out those, you know, mascot dinosaurs right. that Devin Booker hates to start right. distracting people. It's anybody's game. Right. <laughs> you know Devin oh, Booker man. hates those damn hate dinosaurs. Him, what, what does Devin Booker hate? Devin Booker hates double teams in practice. He hates dinosaurs. He probably hates the Bucks too. And our next take comes from Twitter, and it comes from our very own John Fontanelli. Oh, he man. says, I know, right? Where is Talk he? How you gonna have a question in the family? And then not show up here to, to, to hear the answers. He's ducking the smoke. <laughs> He's ducking the smoke. <laughs> he says that Jokic should demand a trade to Dallas. Lethal with the Nuggets down two to the Warriors and looking like they will likely lose this series. If you're the Joker, would you look elsewhere to try and contend for a championship or are you staying loyal to the soil and staying in the Mile High City? Well, I think he's a big enough name that he can be patient and somebody will come to him. I I feel like how um, the Nuggets have laid the foundation for him to let them know that, let him know that that's his franchise. I think it wouldn't be smart to go to Dallas um, to somebody else's franchise. That's that isn't his franchise. That's like asking, you know, back in the day for Michael Jordan to leave with somebody else. And that's what we all speak on. Like all these teams uh collabing with big players, that's just not the thing anymore. And I think Jokic, if he gets a few more pieces around him that I mean, because that's all he's missing right now. And, and he doesn't even I mean, it's not like he doesn't have the pieces, it's just right, not they just hurt. Right. Yeah, so right, right. And it's kind of hard to compete against a stacked Warriors team it, when you're it, missing Michael Porter Jr. and exactly. you're missing Jamal Murray. Exactly. And you gonna y'all might think I'm crazy. I think with just those pieces, not saying they'll beat the Warriors easy, but I think with those pieces, Jokic is so so what's happening is he's catching the ball. All due respect to all the people around him that's shooting and playing, they're not Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray. So what mm. happens is Jamal Murray, he's kind of like when Jokic is tired, he could kind of take on the whole show. We don't have anybody right now, and if Jokic is tired, they can just take on the whole show. And and I I think it was you, Ash, where somebody was saying, um, where with Luca, he's out, but we might Dinwiddie or 
Mm-hmm. Um, their their point guard, they might give us a chance and give us thirty, but all they have res- a little bit of a better the, supporting cast. Ex- yeah. Exactly. So with Jokic, who do we say? All right, yo, bro, go to work. Like, who do we say? We don't. We don't. So, are you saying the series is over? I'm not saying the series is over, but well, the way the Warriors look right now, honestly, last night I was that in death awe. lineup is nothing that, to play with. That like. looked like the old Warriors on steroids, and I think you mm. said it on your Twitter where they look like the triplets or something like that. Yeah, the they, Splash Bros are officially triplets. Yeah, oh, that looked Jordan that looked Poole, very man. scary from a trainer standpoint because I was looking like God, like like he was looking like Clay, Look, yeah. like, and I was like, if they do this, they might could they might could win the West right now. How they was looking because they put. Draymond on Jokic and it was confusing him. Christian, I mean, you're a voter and there's been a lot of conversation happening on social media since this series unfolded, you know, criticizing Jokic and criticizing, you know, his MVP candidacy. Obviously, as we know, for people who don't know, we're going to go ahead and and just lay this down. MVP is a regular season award. So what happens after the regular season does not dictate an MVP season, someone's MVP candidacy, candidacy where they are on the ladder. So is it unfair to criticize Jokic for how uncompetitive the Nuggets have been thus far? Because right now, Jokic is minus 45 through two games. Not great. Definitely not MVP numbers. But again, he's missing a lot of pieces. And the Nuggets are really only in this position because of Jokic in the regular season. That And on top of that, you're playing a series against Steve Kerr, right? Steve Kerr is going to game plan specifically for Jokic to take him out the game. And when you don't have those other pieces around... This is what you get. It's it's not. I, I mean, you're not going to say it's not fair. It's basketball. But yeah, I think this series is basically over. I don't unless Ooh. unless you know Ooh. when you have to when you go play in Denver, you have to deal with that altitude. So maybe maybe some of these players have asthma. I don't know. Maybe maybe they, their <laughs> asthma flares up. That could be you a reason crazy. why. I'm, they I'm can't trying breathe to find, in that. Altitude. Listen, there's prayer, right? There's prayer, and then there's there's this, right? There's like actual conditions that might. Yeah, impact it was players. bad, bro. He's about I, to fight and everything yesterday on the bench, man. Just. This is what happens, though, when when you have two of your key players that are not available, right? You don't have Michael Porter Jr., you don't have Jamal Murray. Where's Damian Lillard? Put Dame on the floor with, with Jokic, right? Doesn't Dame want to mm. be out, right? Make that trade. The, the Nuggets have enough young players right now. They still have that, some of their draft picks. The Blazers would take. Go get, go get mm. him or go get Bradley Beal. Yeah. What's up? You're telling me you yeah. put Bradley Beal and Jokic on the floor together, they can't make Ooh. that work? Yeah, that, that's what time it is. That would be an interesting lineup. Yeah. That'd be a very interesting sight to see. I would love to see it. I mean, speaking of lineups, though, this deaf lineup of of Curry, Clay, Jeez. Draymond, Poole, and Wiggins is exactly its name. It's deadly. Yeah. <laughs> but is it fool's gold? Mm. Is it the real deal when it comes to competing against a team that's not missing two major pieces? A fully loaded team that's just as quick? and can shoot just as well, will the lineup still be as successful? I think it depends on the matchup, right? Because if you're putting Poole, Thompson, Curry out there, you're basically telling another team either they have to go small or you're going to challenge them to stay big. Like I don't know how that lineup works against Milwaukee, right? Because Milwaukee's tough. You know, someone sent me that text earlier, and they was like, hey, what, what lineup would the Nets run out against that against that death lineup? I'm like, huh. If Ben Simmons is healthy, you probably got Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. Seth Curry, and Bruce Brown. 
that's a good lineup. But you're talking that's about legit. Clay. You're talking about Clay, Dre. You're talking about Jordan Poole, Steph. Well, that's tough. That lineup. I'll, I'll give you the numbers real quick. And lethal. I know you. I know you're gonna have a serious reaction to these numbers. All right. All right. So get ready for this. In two games versus Denver, they have a 204.3 offensive 204. rating. 204.3 <laughs> offensive rating. And 75 defensive rating. Those are real numbers. For, for those in of y'all two who don't, for those of y'all who are listening Denver. and don't understand what offensive rating is, that's how many points you score per 100 possessions. Jesus. That is ridiculous. How are they? Sco- what? <laughs> that's not how good. are they scoring 204 points per the, one? Now nah. this is a sweet. This is nah, a sweet. that's od. That's actually Unless, OD. like you say, what you say, bro? Say a prayer because yeah. I, I didn't even know. You know, when you're watching it in real time. You you see it, but the, when you get those analytic numbers and you get those numbers from the from the computer guys, you like hold like this is nuts. This That's is basically impressive. yeah, like you said, That's as two like K numbers. Th- th- yeah, this is th- th- this is deadly. You know what I mean? It's video game. The, yeah, the, the, the Nuggets crazy. The Nuggets better hope Jordan Poole got asthma. <laughs> That's the only way they're gonna win. Or or what can happen? What you guys know? Because this is why you guys are the best. Not saying he will, but being so young and shooting so good right now in these games. If he doesn't come out and shoot well those next few games, maybe he keeps trying to shoot and doesn't shoot well and can start getting hard on himself. Because if they lose his points, they become mm. that average team again. Like yeah. Clay and Steph has shown us that they can be consistent with it. We'll see if he can be consistent with it. That shows us exactly where the Nuggets are. Headed to yeah. Cancun. It ain't happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cancun's a lot warmer than Denver Facts. right What's now. Up? So I need a vacation. It's not all bad, right? All right. <laughs> We're going to head to a place that's not as warm as Cancun, and that's Boston. And Christian, Mm. you know exactly what I'm talking about, because we're going to take things back to Instagram, where Kay Colleen 4, hopefully I said that right, said the first round is not a make or break for Jason Tatum. He's already a superstar. Now, Christian, you are in Boston covering this series. Do you agree that we can put Jason Tatum on the same pedestal that we put people like Kevin Durant and Steph Curry on, even if they lose this series to the Nets. That's an easy one. That's that's a that's a tough one if you ask me Ooh, because I, I feel like easy. we got we got some division from a, from, a, the from a talent perspective. I mean, yes, in a way, right? But right. that to be on that pedestal, you got to win. Exactly. You got to win big games. That's what makes KD KD. That's why that's what legitimized Giannis, right? That's why LeBron exactly. is a. a LeBron, right? He went to the NBA Finals how many years in a row? Tatum ain't really done anything yet, except mm-hmm. what he's doing right now. I voted for him first team All-NBA this year. Why? Because, number one, because KD was hurt and I, I voted for him second team. Number two, Tatum is a bucket. I watched him mm-hmm. in game one give Nick Claxton, who's the Nets' best defender, to switch out onto the perimeter. He gave Nick, Nick Claxton every move he had in the book. Nick Claxton mm-hmm. was basically not there. So, yes, from a talent perspective, yes. I think you consider Jason Tatum a superstar. I think we, we understand that. But right. I think there's more to it. I think he's got to legitimize his actual talent by leading his team to an NBA championship. I don't think that's this year, though. I think he's got a ways to go. How much when talking about, you know, that pedestal, that tier of superstars, do you look at the individual and then you also look at the individual situation, right? Because at the end of the day, you can be a superstar and be on a team that's not conducive for winning. That can't be all of your responsibility or all of your fault. You, there, you're only one person in a team sport. You know, there's five guys on the court. One guy can't do everything. In the words of Giselle, my husband can't throw the ball and catch the ball at the same sure. time. Mm. So 
How much do you kind of put that into consideration when determining someone's superstar status? Like he had incredible numbers, but the team as a whole just wasn't conducive for winning. That's not all his fault. That's a fact. You know, when, when you when you when you bring that up, I think about a guy like Derrick Rose, right, who won MVP, who was on a really, really good Bulls team that just happened to continually get knocked off by LeBron. Right. Those Pacers teams are really, really good. Paul George, really, really good. Got knocked off by LeBron. And I think that might be what's at play here. Jason Tatum is an incredible talent. I, if I had to put my money in a series against the Bucks, I'm probably taking the Bucks, right? And I, I think mm. Tatum's in a perfect situation right now where he's the best player on this team. They're all locked in defensively. He's got freedom. He's making plays. Ime Udoka is the perfect head coach for that team. But, I mean, to be on that, and I guess, and that goes to, like, how much do we value championships, right? Damian Lillard mm. is a superstar, no matter what we say. But he topped out at the Western Conference Finals and got swept there, right, by the Warriors. So mm-hmm. I guess superstardom has a different definition for everybody. For me, if he's going to be considered on the same level as a KD, as a LeBron, even as a Giannis, as a Steph, he's going to have to go all the way and win a ring. And I don't think he's at that level yet. But he's got time. It's so, it's so interesting. And I mean, Lethal, I don't know if you agree or disagree with this. It's interesting when we talk about the superstars of the league. And Kevin Durant, using him as an example, since we're talking about the Celtics Net series, Yes, as an individual, obviously numbers don't lie. But it's interesting, Kevin Durant didn't win until he joined that Warriors team that was doing really well without him. So it's interesting how that superstar status or that pedestal rather is given out. But then when you look at the intricate details of some of the people that are there, They couldn't win by themselves. They had to go someplace that was conducive for winning. So it goes back to you can be a superstar and not be on a superstar team and you don't get that superstar status until you go to a superstar team. I mean, that's just kind of the business of basketball. It's very rare in this league as it's currently constructed. Maybe earlier back in the day, you could probably do it more. You look at LeBron and what he did with the Cleveland Cavaliers. That wasn't a superstar team. There was really just one superstar on that team. Um, Well, no, I mean, Kyrie, but it wasn't a LeBron superstar. It's harder to do that now. The teams are just way more talented, way more deep, way more stacked. Yeah, you have a good example right there. And and I have to agree with you as well, um, Chris. Like, superstar, to me, he he should be able to carry that team uh, all the way to the championship um and if he doesn't that's not saying he's not a superstar but that's what the superstar means to me the superstar they make other people better they make other people do things that they didn't know that they can do and a good a great example we everybody's not going to be kobe but i forgot which championship it was that team that kobe won with like they didn't have any superstars in their team but kobe forced everybody to be great and if you think about it i love tatum's game but last game was a prime example. They played such a great game and the net stayed in it all the way to the end and they Mm. got a lucky pass for a layup because Mm. actually, if you look at the way he laid it up, his body was all discombobulated. He caught it real quick and laid it up, but it was like... It was serendipity. It it doesn't get any perfect the way the Celtics played last game, but the way that the superstar should be, he should be able to carry that team all the way where they need to go. And a great example, not saying he's not because I believe he's a superstar, but Joel, to me and Jokic, how they carry the entire team, to me, those are like superstars. Because it's like, we know that they're going to continue to carry their team. Luka, like he's literally, all due respect to the Mavs, he has them on his back. And I'm not saying... But none of those guys that you've mentioned have won anything. They, they, they haven't they haven't won anything. That's why I said he is a superstar. 
But I feel to to really get over that hump, like you're saying, you have to win that ring. And the way that Kevin won the ring, the only reason I don't disagree with it because it's like if Kevin wasn't there, would they would they have still won it? You know what I mean? Did I did I agree with Kevin when he went there? No, but that's his decision. And when they won it, it's not. I don't have an obligation to say, oh, that that didn't count because they had too many superstars. You know what I mean? It counts. It counts. (laughs) Yeah, it does count. You know, but I mean, looking, diving into the game of, you know, the Nets and the Celtics game one, you know, since you spoke about that lucky pass for the layup. Right. I mean, should Nets fans be encouraged or just the Nets in general by how close that game was and that it came down to absolutely a lucky shot. Man, a good look. If I was a Nets coach, I would be so happy because uh when I was watching the Celtics taking notes and I saw, I said, man, like the Nets are pl-, and that wasn't even their best basketball. Kyrie had a Not good game. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's so be you're honest. saying Kevin Durant just had an off game. Ky- it wasn't necessarily Kevin the Celtics play great. Scheme Kevin didn't, that locked no, them up. No, Kevin didn't play. He just missed his he missed making it's not, shots, yeah. Yeah, he missed chippy. So the thing I'm saying is if if Kyrie can co- consistently do that and Kevin can consistently hold off for two more games and do that and they still won and then Ben comes back in that three and all Ben has to do is just play defense and just rebound. We don't ca- you don't have to drive. Please and stay dunk. on the bench, Ben. Please right. don't come back. That ain't happening. For the love of God, don't come back. That ain't happening. I- <laughs> Good God, you, oh this man God. hasn't played basketball know, in twenty five years, and you're gonna go ahead and put him in game in the first round of the playoffs at his as his first experience. Jesus Christmas, Steve I, right. Nash. I guess what are we doing? That's my. That's perfect timing. You know, Ben Simmons played four on four yesterday, so that was right. Monday. He played four on four. Today being Tuesday, which obviously this comes out on Wednesday. Today being Tuesday, he played five on zero. So they did some scripted walkthrough mm-hmm. stuff. You know, it, it's interesting because Kevin Durant on one hand says, you know, Ben hasn't exploded yet, hasn't doesn't have any real explosion when he's jumping, so he doesn't want to get too far ahead of him. But at the same time, playing four on four with contact and not having any negative feeling in his lower back, that is a good sign. And when you ask mm-hmm. Steve Nash if, if there's any possibility for Ben to play in game three, Steve didn't say no. He didn't say he's, he didn't rule him out, but he said, Hey, you know, it's been exactly basically what Ashley said. He hasn't played in nine months. We're not going to throw a guy right back in, but it's looking a lot like what we've been seeing in these reports where we're seeing Ben Simmons game four, game five, game six. And if he's able to come in and just play some defense, run, hit these passes, when you're watching him doing pregame workouts, he's still able to make ridiculous passes. He's catching the ball one arm, throwing it across yeah, the floor. He's just, right. he's, just yeah. he, he's a wizard. And if you're <laughs> able to add yeah. him, if you just envision taking Bruce Brown out of that lineup with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Andre Drummond, and Seth and Curry, and ben. putting Ben Simmons in there, that just changes the dynamic of what this team is able to do. And you're able to, to shrink this team because now you can potentially put Ben Simmons at the five. Not against Al Horford. I would never do that. Not against well, a guy like Tice, but like right. it, it gives the Nets so many more options. I don't know. I just feel like you can never really recreate the energy and the intensity of an NBA game. And you especially can't sure. recreate that, uh, the playoff energy in practice. And we saw this with Clay Thompson when he returned, oh, right? It so took bad. him a while to get acclimated. Yeah. Luckily, that happened during the regular season. We saw the same thing with Draymond when he was out for two months. How he said the team even looked better when he wasn't on the floor because right. of how far removed he was from the game for a certain amount of time. It took him a while to get acclimated again in the regular season. Yeah. Ben Simmons has not played basketball, like you said, in nine months. Mm-hmm. Now, that wouldn't be so much of an issue if this was March. Mm-hmm. You have weeks right. to get acclimated little by little. It's a dangerous line to walk. 
when you put somebody who has not seen a court in real NBA time in a game in a series that counts for all the marbles. This is not, you know, you lose, big deal. You know, you got another game. Mm -hmm. You lose, that's a strike against you. And now you got to work hard to get that deficit, you know, back Mm -hmm. into your favor. It can go really well or it can go really bad. And we've seen this before with the Nets. James Harden last season, Mm -hmm. they put him out on the court because Kevin Durant drastically needed the help, especially with Kyrie going Mm -hmm. down. And what happened? He really was not helpful. The team almost looked worse with him on the floor. He was just an obstacle you had to move around. He was messing with the flow. My concern is, yeah, he looks great in practice, but what happens when somebody goes ahead and mobs him in the paint? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? That's going to happen, too. The way these Celtics have been playing, they're playing physical. They're blowing up all these screens. They're, they're, They're making the Nets feel them, you know, so... That is a caution that you gotta you gotta worry about, but at the same yeah. time, Ben is making how many tens of millions of dollars this season? Yeah, that's that what I was about to say. Ash. Like, like, he's, he's, it's he's to playing. the point right now. Mm-hmm. Not to sound messed up. Look, man, you here? We traded for you. You gotta do something. If you know there's what I mean? no, if there's no additional <laughs> damage done to his back, like if he is confident in his back to the point where they don't think he's risking re-injury, right. I think mm. I think that's a good uh, uh, like. I don't think that the Nets going to just throw him into a game. Like I was talking to somebody else, like if there's a big lead that happens at put some him in point, garbage time put him minutes, in garbage yeah. time, right? At the end of the game, mm-hmm. if the Nets go home to Barclays and they're up 15 with, I don't know, four minutes to go, three minutes to go in the fourth quarter, maybe then you throw him in, right? But mm-hmm. other than that, it's tough because if you re-injure his back now, that we've seen what happened with Michael Porter Jr., Right, backs you are derail tricky. your you don't, entire yeah, next season. Exactly, mm-hmm. you don't want to do that. Even if you lose this season, yes, will I be the one shoot, screaming from the high heavens, ha ha? In a way, not ha ha, but like this is what happened. Yeah, I'll be the one that's covering the loss, but I'll also be real and say now you've got Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, mm. Seth Curry locked up next season. It's Joe Harris coming back. That's tough. You, it's hard. It's hard for you to tell me somebody else is a championship favorite over the Nets if everybody's healthy next season. Man, so I'm you got to prioritize that too. Well, before we move on from this series, we also have to talk about Kyrie Irving. He was just handed a $50,000 fine for offensive language and gestures for game one against the Celtics. If you don't know what happened, he told the crowd to suck his dick and he flips off off the double bird a few times throughout the game. Now, I'm from New York City. Tell them what hood you so from. For, so for me, that's a regular Tuesday. Mm, you right, know what I mean? Right. But like, I'm also not somebody who's offended by the gulliness and the energy of an NBA game, the competitiveness. I like to see a little trash talk. And I'm the I'm a firm believer like, yo, don't start and I won't be none. I'm right. minding my business. I'm playing the game. You calling me out of my name. So I'm going to look you in the eyes and see if you're really about that life. Because mm-hmm. you talking big. So now I'm looking at you and like, now what? Mm-hmm. So I understand from a commercial standpoint, you can't have players going around cussing up a storm and, you know, doing obscene gestures on, you know, it's national television. But it's not like Kyrie's the first person to flip the middle finger up on TV So I'm not quite sure why it's such a massive deal. It's the playoffs. Like, you know, maybe a $10,000 fine, 50K is insane. Like, I don't know. I agree agree with you, but unfortunately, it's a business. So he can't be 
putting up his like little Timmy's sitting beside his mom and little Timmy seen worse finger. on TikTok. Yeah, he's putting okay. his middle finger up. So the thing I'm little saying Timmy is little Timmy seen worse on TikTok. Little so Timmy seen worse on his cartoons at night. I was rewatching Curse of the Cowardly Dog the other day. It, it, it is a business, <laughs> and unfortunately, this does suck. As the player, that shouldn't. Be, Kobe wasn't putting his middle finger up. MJ wasn't. Put, Reggie Miller. They just nah, showed it know. more. They just showed it more in their game. I so feel like Michael would have stuck a middle finger. Up. I don't. I, I, if we could pull up some video, I don't think I've ever seen MJ <laughs> put up a middle finger during the game. I, so, I'll say this real quick though, not to cut you off, lethal apologies. Yeah. You know, we had last season where a fan threw a bottle at Kyrie. We had at he, MSG. He's frustrated. You we, right. We had at MSG where where a fan spat in the direction of Trey Young. Right. We were seeing all this stuff. They getting happening. out of pocket. They we're getting, out, getting of pocket. out of pocket. And right. now we're seeing the foul language. I'm right. telling y'all, the writing is on the wall. If they this stuff doesn't stop, I'm it's telling you, get I'm, out of hand. Listen, if this stuff doesn't stop, we're going to start having fans watching basketball games in the metaverse because mm. that's the only way that you're going to be able to control the interaction between fan and player. And I don't think any of us want to be there. None of us want to be in a situation where we're not able to go to watch games like in person. Like a bubble again. Right. right that's right, not right. what we want. So everybody just act right, should please. fans, when they buy their tickets, guys, it should be, you don't have to sign it, but it should be something like, hey. It is in, It is there. Oh, it's so if you use when you buy a, blah, blah, blah. When you buy a ticket in the yeah. code of conduct, when yeah. you buy a ticket, it is said that you can't do certain things. Right. Or you risk these certain actions. Right. A lot of fans think that they are just untouchable right. and they're invincible and they know that the league will always come down harder on the player. And right. look, I understand there's a line. If you're going to go ahead and you can't react, you know, gully to someone booing you or saying you're trash, you know, whatever the case right. may be, like that's all fun and dandy. But let's not forget Boston and Kyrie have a very, you know, hostile relationship. Right. We don't know what was said to him. Nah, he said don't. somebody was calling out of his, somebody was calling him out of his name. Right. There could have been a lot of things said that made him react that way. Right. And I just think that there needs to be some sort of a middle ground. I feel like these asinine just just massive fines for things that a lot of us would react to if we're trying to go ahead and play a game at the highest level, I feel like there needs to be some sort of repercussions for the fans. We can't keep fining players $50,000 and letting the fan... Listen, you want to go ahead and break the code of conduct? You can't right. come back here. Mm, see, that's You're tough. banned. That's, I like... Because now what it does, Ash... A fan now, like you're saying, they might say, "Are right, you done for two, three games?" But now, if you put in there when you buy that ticket, look, if you call a player to f bomb, you can never come back. Not just to this game, you're never going to an NBA game ever again. Yeah. I wouldn't say never, but you okay, you, okay. you you face a season, you face season a season ban, a season ban. You can't come back until next season. Yeah. Like you want to go, you want to go ahead and and harass people to a level of disrespect outside of the realms of the game. Mm. I got a question for you guys. This is, fans, this is, I was going to do this skit, but my manager, you know, you know how it is. I got to <laughs> play with it. Imagine if you're in your cubicle, right? And you typing up your, your, your paper, your, your project for your boss. And then somebody's out of nowhere yells in the ear, Fuck you, Chris. Fuck you, ass. You can't fucking type. You like, like, damn. Like, can so, I tell you, so, I have so, dreams of wanting to do that. To yeah. Some so imagine yeah. if fans for just two minutes, right? You, you, everybody has their trigger. I don't know what yours is, Chris. I don't know what yours is, Ash. But like, imagine somebody, you're, you're doing something for them. And then you're, you're a bitch. You're a da da da. And you're like, yeah. But you're typing. You remember, you're trying to get your yeah. paperwork done. You, you mean to tell me as a fan, you're just going to be able to just type 
and stay locked in on your emails, you're going to look back Twitter, like, bro, Twitter chill. Will Here's Twitter what I'll will say. Tell, yeah. Twitter will tell you, I don't care. You can come Twitter, to my you job. You can do whatever you want. Here's the, here's the, here's the, here's the, no, you're not. Let me, no, you're hold not. on. Let me, let me put these things in perspective real quick. If I was getting paid $40 million to type that article, right. I would clear, I would zone out all the trash talk. What does <laughs> y'all talk what? about? Give me $40 million that. and y'all can curse in my ear for three hours straight. Chris, Stop Chris, what? Sorry, I got a question for you. Come you signed on. a three. Let me, let me, let me get it right. You but it doesn't play... mean you're not a human, though. Chris, doesn't mean you don't have a trigger. Not, you're not, making you're gonna go one time. You're sure, gonna... yeah, no, I yes. understand that. So I'm that get one tight, time, and that fifty thousand dollar fine, when you do the math, is less than one percent of my salary for the entire season. Right. I'm going to chalk it to the game, and I'm going to go to Neiman Marcus, and then I'm going to hop on a flight. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to spend the bag <laughs> and I'm going to post everything on Instagram and say, ha ha fans, talk that shit now. Listen, I get it. I understand. I'm, I'm there. Right. With, I'm, I'm here with listening to Kyrie. He's talking about fans calling up. But I, it's I'm not about him. money, Chris. It's about integrity and respect. I, and and that I understand part, that. I understand right. that. And I feel you. Right. right. But I'm saying if you asking me if I could do that, if right. you're putting $40 million in my bank account to get cursed out for three hours, right. sign me the fuck up. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> We're going back to Twitter for this take, and it's coming from A.A. Bragg. And he says, we are all watching the series finale of this version of the Utah Jazz. Lethal, mm-hmm. the Jazz are tied with the Mavs, which is extremely surprising considering they are without Luka after two games in Dallas. But the sky, once again, seems like it's falling in Utah. Do you agree that this may be the last year we see this version of the Utah Jazz? I got to agree with Chris. Uh, you def- you said that first, right, Chris? Last week where they should blow it up. Was you right? You know, right? Me and me, me yeah. and Chris both said it. I was watching them. And you know, when you, I, I believe so everything sad. you guys say, but I, I, I'm not really keyed in all due respect on the Jazz. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not really keyed in on them. But as I listened to you guys and I was watching them, this team ain't it. You know, I love them. They, they have great character, guys. But I think as tweeted out, uh, Donovan Mitchell, you know, we wouldn't... We wouldn't do this to you. You know what I mean? We wouldn't treat you like we this in New York, you baby. Like Come home. He Come gotta, on home, baby. I will blow it up. If I'm the GM, this is the, the time. To, because we we gave this team three years. We gave this team three years. And they've shown us who, like you say, Chris, they've shown us who they are. I'm it's, blowing this team. And, and another thing, too, I don't be feeling their body language. Do y'all be watching their body language? Listen, man. It, it's tough, man. We, we see body language play a huge role. I think about last year when Kevin Love at the end of the season with those Cavaliers, his body language was terrible. We see it sometimes with some of the best players in this league. We've seen it with James Harden. We've seen it with different right. players when their body language is contagious. But right. at a certain point, you're dealing with a, a Dallas Mavericks team that doesn't have Luka, that doesn't even have Tim Hardaway Jr., and you're letting mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson get 41 on you. You're letting mm-hmm. Maxi Kleber come off the bench and give you 25, only missing, eight, missing three shots, making eight threes. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. They got to blow it up. And it's unfortunate, but like, if Rudy Gobert is your first or second best player, probably we'll call him second. Donovan Mitchell is the best player on that team. If Rudy Gobert is your second best player and he's giving you eight points, he's only scoring, he's only shooting five times. I'm sorry. I don't think that's a recipe for success. I think they have to blow this up. I don't think the Mike, Mike Conley's giving you zero points. 0 for 7 in 22 minutes. What are we really doing here? Right? They've the chemistry is just not there between not. Donovan and Rudy. Some it's not right. there. And, I don't know if and I... it hasn't been there for a while. It hasn't clicked for a while. And one of them got to go. It's they both can't Rudy. Say, Something ain't right. It ain't, it they, ain't they, Donovan. They know, the, they know what's the good The cameraman was messed up one time, y'all. And I, I watched it. I said, what the fuck? Like, the cameraman showed uh, 
uh, Mitchell one time, and and the coach was talking to him. He was just like, da, 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 da. and he was like, "Oh, you threw the alley oop, make him happy." Like he said something like that. Then the camera went right off. I said, "Hold up, I know what it yeah. is as a trainer. Something ain't right. Something they're something not right, clicking. Ad. Something the, is the not ma- good. What's the saying? The math ain't mathing. It's just not working. <sighs> and look, this series should be a wash for mm-hmm. Utah. Mm-hmm. You, they don't have Luca. I would be surprised if Luca comes back for Game Three. He has the no. He has I would sit him the, right. The situation that with his hamstring don't even is do just, it. it. Just don't even do it. Like it's just not worth it. If you Utah cannot go ahead and put the Mavs away without their superstar, this team needs to be blown up because ASAP. there's nothing you can do to fix it. This would ASAP. be just and I spoke about this last week on the podcast. This would be another notch in the belt of the Utah Jazz falling short in the postseason for one reason or another. It's either they're not healthy. It's either the chemistry is off. It's either the schemes are stale. It's just one thing after another. And eventually you have to realize you can't put a circle into a triangle. It's not oh. working. Figure out how to make it work and blow it up. This is this is what the Portland Trailblazers should have done years ago. And Christian talks about, talks about it all the time. You don't need to go ahead and be 10 years deep to realize the team is not going to work. Donovan Mitchell, save yourself. I'm telling you right now, even if it's not to the New York Knicks, although it should be, come on home, Donovan. (laughs) Even if it's not to the New York Knicks, save yourself. You're 25 years old. Utah is not going to be the place for you unless they blow that team up. Mm -hmm. If they don't, you need to request a trade. It's never getting better in Utah. It's just not going to happen. But uh, I don't see what the problem is. Like, if I'm, that's if the I'm, problem. if if I'm a hooper and and y'all two bringing me what I need, like you're you're my elite shooter, Ash and Chris, you're my elite rebounder, and I don't like y'all off the court. I don't care. Like, we need to. Like, you don't find another Rudy Gobert uh, down the street. If I'm wrong, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I, I don't get why these guys. Not saying he, each his own, but it's like tuck y'all prize to the side. Like y'all could have something special. It, it's difficult. I'm looking at just looking at the box score right now. I'm seeing Mike Conley, Mike Conley, 22 minutes, 0 for 7 from the field, 0 for 3 from downtown, yeah. 0 points, minus 7. And you're just looking at the rest of the team. Your, your, your offensive production obviously is coming from Donovan Mitchell, 13 of 30 from the field, right? Missing Damn. 17. That's 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 not that's not efficient. 3 of 10 from downtown. <sighs> you're not going to win like this. And, and on top of that, it, it's just it's just bad. Right. And, and now what happens? Right. You're about to you go home. Yeah. Utah has a great home court. Right. But you just gave the, the, the Mavericks confidence. The Mavericks know that they can beat you now. Right. So now what? I'm, my mind is going to the offseason now because this is supposed to be a, a wash. No Luca, no Tim Hardaway Jr. It's supposed to be like that. And it's tough, man. I need to put my my, my GM cap on. I'm going I'm to figure out how we're going to fix these jazz because I want Donovan Mitchell to stay in Utah, right? I want that to work. I know we want to see right. him come to New York, right? But I hate when small small town franchises can't hold on to their marquee talent, right? Like when right. Indiana couldn't keep Paul George or when right. all these teams lose their players. Like, nah, I want to see it work, but you got to put... But they put pieces around him. You've got Bogdanovich. You've got Royce O'Neal, Mike Conley. I, I think it's a Mike Conley problem. They need a better point guard in there. All right, well, we're talking about the Jazz and the Mavs series. And before we move on, we got some breaking news. Is that right, Christian? We do. It looks like Luka is actually going to come back either game three or game four. There's optimism. This is Sham Serenia saying that there's optimism that Luka can come back. If he comes back, I'm sorry, Utah. Y'all done fumbled the bag. Y'all had a chance to go up. Y'all should be up 2-0. You're not. 
And now mm. look at you. Got Luca coming that is back definitely, in there. That is definitely going to be a game changer for this series. You know, the biggest thing that could have happened for the Mavs is they tied the series, which they did. And even if they lose game three, Luca coming back for four or possibly game three could drastically shift this series in the direction of the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, lethal. I know, you know, you have concerns about Luca's injury. It's especially because it's on the leg that he needs all his power for as he's a right-hand shooter. How are you feeling about this? What What are your concerns? I think, I think since they stole that one, and I could be wrong, you guys correct me. That's why I love talking to you guys because you guys are professionals. Mm. I think since they stole that one, I might just let him sit one more to mm-hmm. just rest it a little bit more longer. I can see if we were down 0-2, our back is against the wall, but their back isn't against the wall. They have the momentum. Um, and most importantly... The, the Mavs team, they have confidence. So it's, it's it's more like maybe let him put his jersey on, do what he does, but I probably wouldn't be so big on just bringing him in and letting him play the entire game. Game four, I like that. I like that idea. Let him yeah. say game three because you just proved you could beat them without him. Right. See if you could do it again. That's a right. damn shame, Utah. You let this team with no Luka <laughs> and no Tim Hardaway Jr. take a game from y'all. This is what y'all get. Y'all gonna lose this series and, man... This is, this is why... We need to have a certified bucket at one of the games. They, they don't have to give us microphones. Just let us sit together these games and go live or something because we're gonna let we're gonna we're gonna let the fans have it. Oh <laughs> and my the goodness. players, man! Luca coming back though. I mean, number one, this is what superstars do. We're talking about superstars. Right. Superstars come back and play. You know, what I'm saying even if they're not a hundred percent, and him coming back, just eighty percent, Luca Doncic. I mean, even if he's not going for scoring, he's gonna get you twelve assists. He's going he gonna to play. He's going to raise the level of everybody out there. And he's going to be a decoy because you can't leave him. So, yeah, nah, Utah, you fumbled the bag. I'm sorry, y'all. See y'all in Cancun. I see y'all in Bora Bora. We're going to go ahead and close out this edition of Get At Me with topic number five. And it's another take from IG. And it comes from Johnny Tsunami 8. Hey, and I know that name. Says... What's up, Johnny Tsunami 8? <laughs> and he says the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies is the battle for the future. Christian, when NBA fans watch this series, and it's a good one, yeah. and I think a lot of people underestimated the Timberwolves. I thought they, they thought it was going to be a wash. You know, when they're watching this series, are they watching the first of many playoff battles between these two franchises? Is this a new rivalry in the making? Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is a new rivalry in the making. <laughs> I will say that this is a reason why Patrick Beverly should get a fifth place MVP vote. Right. I, I think he I think you can understand his value just in he lit. So he just put a battery in all these guys backs. Right. They just assumed his persona. He is just completely tough. And I'm, I'm you sorry see to that you all rubbing all up. Due respect. Can, can you go back? <laughs> <laughs> my ear, my headphones messed up. bro. Like fifth place. Yes, sir. No, okay, I did not vote right. for him there. I did not vote for him as a fit. But oh, I, I say that to say, look. You can see night and day a difference in this team year over year, right? And yes, that's because Anthony Edwards took a step. <laughs> yes, that's because Carl Anthony Towns took a step. But when you add a guy like Patrick Beverly, it helps set that culture, right? You yeah, you can't even deny that, Lethal. I see you holding back laughs. I see you holding back tears right now. Patrick Bro. Beverly is one of the reasons why this team is operating the way they operate it right now. No, I don't think that this is a rivalry between the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. I mean, I think it'll be one hell of a series. But I think you take Patrick Beverly off this team and they're not nearly as good as they are. Okay, I have to agree with you. Patrick Beverly does bring what the Timberwolves need. Absolutely. He's a dog. He's 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 doing the dirty, the grit. He's the 
to me, he's like a Jalen, right? Or he's a gnat. He's so annoying. Yeah, he's <laughs> annoying, but in a good he's way. So annoying. No, he's annoying but in a good Ash, way. Is like, he a, yeah. if, does he deserve? If they had a fifth MVP, like you, you're telling me on the MVP like, ballot, you get one. Was two, that three, like four, a? Five. Was that like a? Was you saying like, oh, like that's think, just an example? I think, I think that was Christian just an example. Is, yeah, I wasn't. Is, I wasn't actually oh, saying. Oh, he I apologize. I was just saying like when you when you talk about value to a team. Right, 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 right. Oh, I agree with you. I'm not saying I ain't got. I see your face, brother. I'm like yo. But no, I agree. I agree with you, bro. He's I was watching him and he put the battery pack in his teammates, bro. Yeah. He's making not saying these dudes ain't tough, but he makes people believe that they can run through that brick wall. And it's hard to find players like that in today's NBA. And we have to agree that's that New York way, Ash. That's mm-hmm. why I love new uh certain players. And I know you might not like the game overall, but if he was a Nick, he brings that New York grit that you guys are looking no, for. No, I mean, listen, I have, I Patrick Beverly is annoying, but yeah. he's annoying in the most, like, you have to respect it way. He's right. annoying in a Lance Stevenson way. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, when he's on you, it's like, get off of me. Like, leave me alone. Mm-hmm. But he, you have to respect the commitment to being annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, he does not care who you are. He's going to break you down, even if it's mentally, yep. because he's that annoying. Mm-hmm. And I have to respect it. I mean, he's from Chicago. You know, Chicago, New York is kind of like a similar vibe, a similar mm-hmm. aura. You know, same thing with Detroit. We're mm-hmm. all kind of cousins and that, that gritty just mentality. Right. So, like... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to I have to respect the game. If he was guarding me, I would want to punch him in the face. Facts. That's how annoying mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. But that's part of what makes him, you know, a, a viable asset to your team because he's willing to do that dirty work. He's willing to get in there and just be gritty and just be grungy and just kind of, you know, break people down. And you saw that in game one. I'm still willing to double down, though, on Memphis being legitimate contenders. I still think they come out of this series victorious. I have them winning in six. But, I, you know, game one was interesting because I think a lot of people thought, you know, going into, you know, Memphis and beating those guys fresh off of an insane win that they just came off of, meaning the Timberwolves, obviously, that wasn't easy to do. And to start a series off like that, you know, you started a trajectory. Now, look, just because you win game one of a series doesn't mean you win the whole thing. But it it might be said that maybe the Timberwolves are more of a serious component or component, a serious opponent than we may have anticipated. 100%. I mean... Carlin, you look at what you get from Steven Adams, which is basically nothing, right? Zero points, no field goals, three rebounds, and that's your brick wall. And you've got Carl Anthony Towns giving you 29, 13, and three. And then you just look. I mean, yes, you could you say John Morant is the best player in this series? Sure, right? If you want to, you probably go between him and Carl Anthony Towns. But then you just start to look at the other players. The, the Timberwolves have D'Angelo Russell. Timberwolves mm-hmm. have Anthony Edwards, right? Whereas, mm-hmm. as we've spoken about the Grizzlies all year, they have a collection of nice, well-rounded players, but they don't have another star just yet that's supposed to be Jaron Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. But he hasn't taken that next step yet. It's going to be a tough series for the Grizzlies to pull out because in the playoffs, it, yes, it comes down to who wants it more. It comes down to physicality. But like I always say, star power wins out. You, what you going to do about Anthony Edwards when he gets hot? And, we, and D'Angelo Russell played a bad game. You speak on that physicality, and one of the things I was concerned about going into the series is John Morant's not the best shooter from the three, mm-hmm. right? So 
his bread and butter is living in that paint. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. elusive. You know, he's like an AI in that aspect. So AI was a much better shooter from outside, right? Mm. Outside the field. So what happens is, and when you can break him down in that paint, mm-hmm. you take away a big chunk of his game because he's not able to shoot from outside. Jaron Jackson <laughs> is not a good three-point shooter. Desmond Bain is, but that's one guy. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at the Timberwolves, I feel like you have a lot more shooting options from multiple spaces on the court, mm-hmm. which makes them very hard to lock down. And I think that we saw that in game one. It's going to be interesting to see what the game plan is to get John Morant in the game. He is the X factor, but being him living in the paint is just not going to happen. I don't care how many home calls that Memphis tries to give him. It's just not going to happen because on the other side of that court, you got, you have multiple guys who can shoot from mm-hmm. the three. And that's going to be interesting. Lethal, I mean, what, is, what are your suggestions on how to go ahead and, and adhere to the defense of the Timberwolves and also the offense of the Timberwolves. Yeah, I have to agree with you 100%. The Timberwolves are ready to play and they're hungry, most importantly because of who you said, Chris, Patrick Beverly. He's he's not going to allow you to be soft. But most mm-hmm. importantly, what you just said, Ash, that was huge was, I love Ja. He's a dog as well. He has that same grit as Patrick mm-hmm. Beverly. But um, he has to shoot the mid-range jump shot. He has to in the future, add the step back. He has to mm. add the sidestep. He has to add the consistent three-point shot. He has to be able to add the, I'm driving to the basket, somebody's riding me, pump fake, the defender goes by and shoot a, and shoot a shot. Because mm. people aren't just going to continue, like you were saying, just to let him come in that lane and just uh, be so erratic as he, as he is. Because he has the potential to be, in the next few years, to me, the top th- five player in the NBA, if he adds what he's adding. And right now, the Timberwolves did a good job of showing them that, look, we're here. We're here to stay. But like you said, if he's knocking down a chill Jimmy, he's knocking down the midi, just that alone or how good Jai is, they'll they'll kill the Timberwolves. It doesn't even man, matter. People underestimate the mid-range game. I'm man. telling you. Yeah. It's, very, I, it's very important. I have a greater appreciation for the mid-range game just watching KD and Kyrie go to work mm-hmm. every day. Devin Booker. Oh, my goodness. I got a question for y'all, though. If the Timberwolves, if the Grizzlies lose this series... Are they frauds? Was their entire regular season fraudulent if they lose in the first round to the Minnesota Timberwolves? Ashley. Mm. It's not fraudulent, and I'll tell you why. Because I... No, you know why? Because I never put too much stock in a... I put a lot of stock in talent, right? But I don't also underestimate experience or lack thereof. And I think that the Grizzlies have all the talent in the world and that's what makes you favorite them as a legitimate contender. But I think sometimes when you don't have the experience, and we talked about this with the Chicago Bulls in the regular season, Mm -hmm. who are you when your back is against the wall? And if you've never been in that situation in a playoff environment, it's hard for you to kind of understand or gather what you need to gather to get out of that. And this is going to be the test for them, you know, in the game. Well, this is going to be, they're playing tonight later mm-hmm. on, but when this mm-hmm. airs, whatever the outcome is, Ooh. that's going to be the test. Is Don't let how them do go you down come, too. How do you come out of that situation? You're still at home. Mm-hmm. The series is far from over. Your back is against the wall, essentially. You know, not dramatically, but it is against the wall because you're down a game mm-hmm. at home. What do you do now? If they're able to get themselves out of that, I think that you have to go ahead and say that they're a legitimate contender. If they fall to at home, 
Now you're in a situation, you got to go to Minnesota. That crowd is tough too. Mm -hmm. And that's when you start looking at the conversation of experience or lack thereof. And that's not to say the Timberwolves have a lot of experience. It could just be this is their series. I'm interested to see what the experience of them in adversity looks like. And that's going to go ahead and be the difference maker. Lita, I have thinking? to agree with you 100%. And I feel like, all due respect to these guys, it's some of these guys that it's like, in the summer, whatever you can't do, forget the Miami trips, forget the Bora Boras, bro, just work on the it. The Bora like Boras. If, yeah, if you're, if you're a center and you can't, and you're not a scoring threat, bro, just get a left-hand hook and a right-hand hook. Rudy. If you're, a, if you're a point guard and you can't shoot, Bro, just take the whole summer and shoot. Don't let people hit you with pads and dunk the basketball. If you're if you're a forward and you can't shoot the mid range, bro, just take the whole summer and work on your. That's why we love Kobe. That's why we love MJ. That's why we love mm. uh, different players because every year we were like, oh wow, look, damn, did he just shoot a left? Like my, Larry Bird It's like, damn, did he just shoot a left hand three. Like it's like like let's let's evolve in the summertime. Let's let's show you why we you're getting paid all this money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Ash, you're the resident Grizzlies expert in the house. If this series goes left, and if we're talking about the Grizzlies ending up in Bora Bora, uh, <laughs> why are you trying to sound like week, he care, Ash? Why listen, are you trying to nah, sound like he care? I'm, I'm setting her up for, for success here. Listen, are you the are you more inclined to find that answer from within, as in develop these players to get absolutely. to that next level, or do you think that absolutely. answer is on the outside? Do they need somebody I, I else? Absolutely, because it's absolutely it's developed this team because it's not lack of talent. I would think what happens was lack of experience, and I mm. think also it's lack of experience, not just in a playoff environment, but as individual players. We spoke about it with Ja. He needs to add other aspects to his bag. He needs mm -hmm. to work on the mid-range. He needs to get better shooting from the three. You can't rely on your game only living in the paint because when you continue to evolve in this league or when you t continue to go throughout this league, other teams and other players get better. If you're a one-trick pony, you're never really going to see much success, right? He needs to add different aspects to his game. But you don't need to blow this team up at all. It works. It's just a matter of they're not the most experienced. They're extremely young. They're still formulating who they are as players, as individuals, as a team. And sometimes that doesn't happen right away. That doesn't mean that it's never going to happen. It just doesn't happen right away. So I think regardless of the outcome, even if they go far in the playoffs, they still need to work on aspects of their game to go ahead and be, you know, in the finals if they don't make it or get back to the finals if they do make it. But I think the team as it is, is extremely well constructed. Extremely. Right. Gotcha. I would agree. Yep. I, I yeah, would I agree, agree with you there. We agree with you on that one. Breaking news. Breaking news, everybody. Hold on. Here on the Certified Buckets Podcast, you have to understand one thing. Yesterday's price is not <laughs> today's price. Let's fire up the Certified Hotline and bring in our new special guest, the one and only Fat Joe, Mr. Leanback himself. How you doing, sir? I'm great, my brother, man. It's all love, man. Happy to be here, my brother. Absolutely. You know, first and foremost, I mean, I feel like yesterday's price is not today's price became a hood proverb in about three hours after you put that video up. Did you expect <laughs> it to blow up like that? And what even led to you recording nah, that video? No, it was just something in the... It was a legendary recap of the versus battle between Locks and Dipset. There were so many different standout moments in there and just so many people just uh, relate to yesterday's price is not today's price. Because in every level, from the smallest worker 
to the biggest CEO. They offer, I got a friend, he's uh general manager. Damn, I can't even say it on here. <laughs> they gonna know who he is, but I got a friend who's very high up there in the basketball organization. And he started renegotiating. And he just said, and he's a quiet, timid guy. And he said out of nowhere, he exploded on his boss and was like, yo, yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> and I'm talking about this guy's like a general manager mm. of a basketball. You, you know, uh, it's so it's so relatable to everybody. Yeah, you, you know, I, I feel like everybody, like you said, everybody has that moment where they realize, nah, the, the price just went up. You, you feel mm. me? And yes. Now, obviously, this is a basketball podcast. You know, we kind of got to get into it. We're watching We're in the first round of the playoffs. You know, we, we're seeing the Knicks. Well, not the Knicks. Excuse me. We're seeing the Nets and the <laughs> Celtics. so side. disrespectful. <laughs> first of all. First of all. Apologies. 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 You feel me? It was, it was a slip was. of the tongue. You feel me? It was 100%. <laughs> I know it shots the fire. Oh, man. You're so foul for that. Uh, Leave so my next alone. It was an accident, y'all. But look, look let, let's talk. Let's actually talk about playoff teams, right? What, right, what have you made? Right. What are you making about this first round? What do you like so far? Has anything caught your eye? For me, I've yeah. always said this season that especially when Philly got James Harding, he was the perfect fit. I believe the 76ers will win the championship. Oh, Ooh, my goodness. And, uh, and it's not changing. That boy Joel Embiid is letting you know this ain't no more process. This is the time. Mm, right. <laughs> and, and so if you asking me to go right there, that's what I mean. They, they And then look at the kid. Uh, Matthew is, ste- is stepping up crazy, Maxie. Right. I mean, listen, if, if, if the second and third the fourth and fifth guy on the bench keeps scoring 30 a game, right. you're in trouble, boy. You're in trouble. Yeah. So if, if you're pulling for the Sixers, that leads me to believe that you don't really believe in these nets like that. You know, you, you're not, you're not. Well, I'm money. not a net fan to begin with. I know. Talk right. talk. But yeah, we're talking about. I'm a Knicks fan. And if you're a real Knicks fan, you this always ain't know. no, you know, right. I go for the Yankees and then the Mets is playing. That it ain't, that's not how it works. And so when my high blood pressure go up because I'm at the Knicks game <laughs> and they up 20 points and they lose, I'm supposed to go for the team. They, nah, I don't do that. Right. And Listen. so the Nets, I'm not a fan. Mm. I'm a net hater. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> but here we go. I have friends that love all sports. My thing right. is basketball. My right. thing is basketball. Besides music, it's the thing I love the most. That game between the Nets and the Celtics, mm. that was beauty. That mm. was that was the greatest thing you could ever pray for, wish for. I mean, that's what we watched it for. That, that was top of the that was the best game of the year. Yeah. Right. I gotta ask you, Joe, because you and I, you know, we share a commonality, and that is the New York Knicks for bad. Oh, oh sorry. To hear that. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> me too. Also, sorry. Whether to hear that. it's whether it's good or whether it's bad, we're loyal to the soil. What happened this season? What do you think went wrong? I know a lot of people say it was Julius Randle, but there was a lot of blame to go ahead and, and pass around for the New York Knicks. What now, happened I'm a, this season? Now, I'm gonna tell you, mm-hmm. I've been a Knicks fan my whole life. There's pictures of me 10 years old, Nick jacket on. I want to tell you something in all honesty. I like our team. Mm-hmm. 
We are definitely one all-star way. We need one more guy who just a Dame Lillard. Somebody's an automatic mm. bucket. Mm. Somebody who's certified bucket. Mm-hmm. You got him. You see, how Trey Young's a certified bucket. Is he as good as Steph Curry? I don't think so. But certified buckets. If we get one more player that's a certified bucket, our team will really, really be contending. Mm-hmm. And I love our youth from OBJ mm-hmm. to everybody. Um, Brahms, I think the coach didn't play the youth. Mm. You know, he had what my man Burke mm-hmm. playing, mm-hmm. you know, the whole game. And, and, and what was crazy was uh, I was a Burke fan. Like, I was a Burke fan when he ain't get no time. Mm-hmm. And then when he got time, I was like, damn, maybe this ain't my man like that. <laughs> Do you think, you think, listen, RJ's been taking leaps. He looks incredible. He, he, looks, this year. he looks like he's he poised for the future. He became a what? A superstar. <laughs> oh, no. Nah. Oh, no. Nah. So, and RJ, so you trust. Around the 10 to the 12 last games to go, he figured out that yeah. next pace. Yeah. He was willing to take the pain. He was willing to turn the corner and get beat up. Right. Going to the hat and he learned something. I'm strong. See, the youth, the youth, uh, I just got back from the Bahamas and I was out there with uh Buddy and all them guys for the Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. They ain't playing. They was down at the Bahamas. <laughs> and I was saying, you know, you gotta lose. The youth always got to lose, no matter how good they are, to experience, to feel that pain. You know, when that ball, when that ball went like this, Toronto, and landed, and, and, and Joel B just started crying in front of everybody. Remember right. that? He started yeah. crying. Mm-hmm. Right. Like this. Bro, you need that pain mm-hmm. in order for you to turn around and say, oh, I don't want to feel that no more. Mm-hmm. And so that's what pushes you over. The edge. So, you know, uh, I think we have a really, really great team. I think we need definitely need one more piece. Uh, Julius Randle, we can't blame everything on Julius Randle, man. I mean, mm. he balls out. He, he plays the game. Do they like his attitude? Is he somebody? I don't know what to tell you. I see him as a great family man. I see him as an all-star. I see him as a great player. Uh you know, and, and, and everybody else got to step up. You can't have this one guy and blame this one guy. Everybody got to step up. Well, when we talk about, you know, superstars, World Wide West, Allen Houston, Julius Randle, they were at game one of the Utah Jazz Dallas Mavericks. And some say some tampering might have been going down. Some recruiting might have been happening. What are your thoughts on Donovan Mitchell and NYC? Ask the feds. <laughs> it was publicized. You know, you know, you know. This how the commentators be on live when they be snitching on their. I didn't reveal anything. Spider, my man. I hang out with Spider. Mm. He's never told me he wants to be in the Knicks. So this would be news to me. I don't want to break nobody's heart, but this would be news to me because I literally hang out with Donovan Mitchell, and he has never once told me, "No, I want to be a Nick." <laughs> Oh, no. wow. I see I the heartbreak in Ashley's eyes. I see it. Pain. That means nah, y'all getting Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson. The man ain't never tell Joe Crack, the number one Knicks fan, 
yo, I want to come in next. I've heard mm. other players whisper that in my ear, and they all been BS. So, <laughs> uh, what's my man? Rich Paul told me that LeBron James was coming to the Knicks mm. before he went to the Lakers. Mm. Told me this. He was like, yo, coming to the Knicks. He told me that about, uh, I think it was KD. Mm. He was like, one, one million percent is coming. And, and they ain't come true. I had a lot of players tell me over the years they come to the Knicks and they never came. You see, I like pressure. Mm. I like pressure. I'm one of those guys that when my back is to the wall, I show up. When somebody threatens me or comes at me, I come out. That, mm. that That's me. Yeah. But there has to be some truth to uh, people not wanting that media smoke. They don't want to be in New York City in the mess. They want to come visit, drop 60 on us, and look fly <laughs> at the garden. But they do not want to be here yeah. trying to do this on a regular basis. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. So to me, uh, alleviating the pressure is what KD and Kyrie did. Nobody ever won in Brooklyn. Nobody's new. So they don't really get that same type of pressure of like, yo, you primetime MSG. Man. Mm, that's a, mm, that's mm. factual facts. Lethal, what you got for us over there? Nah, just basically, brother, you know, the one thing you've done great is uh, basically kept the culture in hand. Like you haven't lost the culture. And one thing I want to say is, as, as somebody from where you come from, what inspires you? And most importantly, you know, you came out saying your memoir is coming out. What Can you give us one of the basketball moments you might have talked about in there as well? Because what you don't know is one time Greg had me come up to the Rucker one time with white chocolate. And I <laughs> 2 chains paid me to go against your team. When we had Jesse Sapp, we had different guys that going against you. And the one thing I noticed about you when I saw you for the first time out there, you wasn't one of them rappers or one of the people that was out there that looked cool. You was really out there like 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 fucking Phil Jackson and somebody as a coach. Like you wasn't playing. You was cussing people out. You was really trying to win. So it's like, what's one of the moments that you, if you want to talk about that you might talk about in the memoir? You don't win six, seven chips at the Rucker at his right. prime time. Right. Not coaching. Right. You go out there and you motherfucking coach. Right. And so you get down there with them. You stretch with the guys. Right. You know, we on concrete, so you get the pebbles in your knees. Right. Facts. You know, you talk that shit, you get into with them, and you just like, yo, look, the thing about me is I'm a winner. Right. Everything, if I lose, just know Joe's taking it bad. He doesn't play to lose. Mm-hmm. I do not play for second best. Never have musically, coaching, nothing. If it ain't the best, then I, I messed up. Right. right, And so the one thing my players knew were we're here to win a chip from, from the first ball taken out. We're here to win a chip. Now, if we up 15, 20 points with four minutes to go, now you can start the show. Right, like, right. But, and, and so the problem they had out there was, was a lot of individual mm-hmm. uh, thing instead of the team winning chips. So I had a guy who had the best... Uh, I had a guy who had the best uh, handle ever out there, I believe. His, his name was Bone Crusher. Mm. <laughs> he would ask me every year, yo, crack, can I play on your team? And I love this guy. I used to go there to watch him play. 
But I would have to grab his shoulder and be like, you're bone. Now you know you can't play for me because you buy you for yourself. You don't mm. want to win no chips. And so, you know, it was that type of thing. Uh, a story out there, I think the greatest game I took part in went triple overtime mm -hmm. and then the lights shut out. I never seen that that happen at the work of the the mm. lights shut out. And so Steph Marbury was uh starring in my team. And then we was going up against A Butter. Oh, shit. A Butter was playing with Tony Rosen. Yeah. And it was a triple over. I mean, these guys, it's like we down by three. Steph at the last second shoots a three, ties it up. Next overtime, A Butter comes up. We went in by three. He comes, he shoots a three. This, this was like that Celtics Brooklyn yeah. Nets thing going on. Like, this was like, <laughs> yo, this is like going. <laughs> Of a triple overtime. And then the last shot, Steph shot it, a three, and the lights turned off. Wow. The basket, it made the basket, and they called it off and said we lost because the lights was... Oh, no, no way. We chased man. the referees out the court. Nah. We chased the referees to their car. <laughs> it was... That was <laughs> Yo, that it was, was like white men can't game. jump with Raymond. Took the gun out the backpack <laughs> and said... Yo, <laughs> listen, man, we chased them. Them boys used to get chased out of there. When it was a controversial thing, the refs would get chased out of there. If you notice in the league, you never get to talk to these refs. Nah. You never, like, they got them separate. They got them, like, they only, like, it's a weird thing the way the league does the refs. You can't really talk to them. They stay separate. They just, you know, it's it's not an easy job. Not at all. So if if the Nets and the Knicks play at the Rucker, which a lot of fans want, are you going to coach instead of Tibbs? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all the truth. Uh -oh. They let me coach the Knicks and be an assistant coach on the Knicks. We, we would definitely win twenty more games. Oh mm. shit! There it is. There it's, it is. it's 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 like. It's the lion in my eyes. It's a lion. Like, <laughs> it's like, I'm letting my crew know, like, yo, we got to go down. Like, right. like you know, um, we lost about a good five to ten games that we were up 20-something points this year. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah. That's unacceptable, bro. Right. Yeah. Like, I was actually, I'm actually a people's person. So you might, trust me, I'm too much of a people's person. <laughs> so they come up all over. Yo, Joe, let me take a picture. Yo, Joe, I'm cool with everybody. That last game against the Nets that we was up 20 and we lost, mm. I was the most rudest, terrible <laughs> guy in the world. I walked out of there. They was like, yo, Joe, they had autographs. I was like, yo, leave me alone. <laughs> and then two dudes walked by. One guy had a Brooklyn Nets jersey. And he was like, oh, I know he ain't going to talk. I said, that's right. <laughs> like yo, I was sick. You know Leon Rose. You know World Wide West. Make it happen. Make make an assistant coach position for you happen. Bring that to hey, us you, next so season. West is my neighbor. He lives across the street. His daughter and my daughter hang out every day. Oh, let's snap. do it. Mm. I ain't gonna lie. West a great guy. I'll, I'll say something on his basketball. I had caught COVID in December. West was coming to my door, ringing the bell, dropping off food. Oh, that's fire. No, no, he's a beautiful, beautiful guy. Hey, listen, they put they put a good team together. 
They did. I just don't know why we didn't go further because I love the youth. I love our team. Um, do we need one? We need a certified bucket. Is the coach the problem? You see some fans calling for tips to get up out of here. Where do you stand on that? No, I don't think they need to get them up out of here. They, that's the problem. That's why guys don't want to come play or coach mm-hmm. for the Knicks. Because right. these guys are quick to throw the bag on their face. Right. And that, you, you know what I'm saying? Right. They'll embarrass you quick. They'll throw, you know. But I do believe that Tibbs, I hung out with Tibbs, mm. right? And that good game that we we won in Miami, I, I hung out with him at 6 in the morning. Mm. Me and West. Oh, yeah. Yo, he was outside? Oh, he was outside. Tibbs was, was outside, outside. outside. Oh, no. Nah. I tried to take him to the strip club. He wasn't jacking that. <laughs> I tried to take him to booby trap. He wasn't jacking that. Oh, no. Nah. I was like, yo, Tibbs. He said, what's in there? I said, the devil, man. <laughs> it's about five, six in the morning. I said, yo, come. He said, he said, but what's in that strip? I said, the devil. West, <laughs> oh, no, we got, we're going to a hotel. We oh, man. I saw the viral picture of you, RJ, and Julius in front of Prime 112 after the Knicks played the Heat. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us? There's a lot of, you know, conversation on social media that those guys don't really get along. Fans say they can't play together. You broke bread with them. What can you tell us? I don't about believe that. that. Right. I do not believe that. I do not believe that. And 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 from what we see, because I've never experienced this, but what you see, Julius can have an attitude, right? But right. well, RJ looks like a good going guy. Like he get along with anybody. As long as you're doing back, playing basketball, he going to go to win. I do not believe that they can't play together and all that. I, I don't believe those rumors. Um, like I tell you, they're good guys, man. I, I You know, I love our team. I hope we can... Uh, next year, get together, get these boys playing together. Um, I don't feel like Coach played Cam Reddish. Mm, you know, Coach, I told him, man, yo, let the youth play. Mm. Like, let, let the kids play. play. Like, that's, that's all I kept telling them. Let them play, <laughs> man. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I, I do have a question for you, and it's a, it's a double question, right? You know, number one, who in your estimation is the best basketball player that can rap? Right, like which basketball Ooh. player has the best bars, mm. and then which rappers can play basketball the best? Okay, uh, I really can't tell you because they lie and they talk all these rumors. <laughs> like, so every basketball player think he he can rap, and then right. every every rapper thinks he should have exactly. went to the, he turned down a contract. They're all lying, right? <laughs> and so um, I would say Dame Lillard mm. is. The best rapper, and I would say Davies. Yeah, yeah. Davies uh, can hoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can hoop. Yeah, yeah. And I only watched him play one game, but he got so high, mm-hmm. he was so above the rim that I was like, "Ooh!" Like, you know what I'm saying? I was also there with Jay, Jay Cole. Uh, Try to catch that dunk in the All Star game. game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he broke his back on that. Shit. Oh my it god! Good, he do it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I would say Davies is the best uh, rapper that could probably hoop. Mm. Not a rapper, really? but no, Chris Brown's pretty nice. No, no. If we involve everything, Chris Brown's the best. Ooh, yeah, I trained yeah. Chris. Chris different, bro. Like I, we just if trained you again. If involved, yo, Chris Brown. Chris different. Is, a freak of nature. <laughs> right. He's, no, I'm telling you. 
He could dance better than everybody. He could draw right. better than everybody. Sing right. better than everybody. He could bowl <laughs> better than everybody. I mean, this guy is, is he's something else. Right. He's just a ball of talent. He's just a ball of talent. Um, I know I know you and Khaled have a close relationship. How far is Miami Heat going this year? Man, they look good, though. They look great. They look good. Mm-hmm. Like, really, really good. I was with him last night. Um, I got my first pair of We The Best, the new ones, and I got the sample. You know, I collect sneakers. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm sick with it. I'm a fiend. So I collected Khaled's one of one. So usually they make a sample, mm-hmm. and then you make the corrections. Right. The first one they make that's never coming out, that's what I took from Khaled. <laughs> and so I was with him last night. He just kept bragging, seeing how my heat smacked them boys up. <laughs> you see how he, he was doing it, right? So Khaled off the screen is different from Khaled on the screen. Right, right, right. Especially when he's shit talking about uh, his heat. He was like, you see how we smacked them up? It ain't even saying what we're doing to these guys. But out of the West, Phoenix, out of the East, Philly. Mm, he's sticking to that. And uh, and, and Philly going to win the chip. Oh, wow. Mm. Got Philly Bruh, running if you the win, we might even put some money on the books with this one. Because if you hit this, you're you going to be the only person thinking this one. Oh, right. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You know why? Too much Joel and B. The boy mm. too big. It's Light not nobody could do him. Shooting mm-hmm. threes. Nobody can stop. At the end of the day, the basketball game, I don't care what you want to say. Basketball is won through big men, historically. Right. That's true. Right? Mm-hmm. And that boy there ain't no regular big man. He Euro-stepping. He backing them down. He hitting threes. He's playing defense. This guy is prime time. And then the Joker going to lose that MVP, too. Joker. Joker's my guy. Yeah. I love the Joker. But the Joker... And Bede is taking that. Joker looking crazy out there. Yeah, he looking, he, last night, yesterday was crazy. Yesterday was crazy. We just said on? that. I don't know. He looking crazy. He need to wake up. And I ain't going with that. I ain't going all that. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, you know I'm light skin, but I ain't going with all that light skin power out there. Go to state, man. I ain't feeling these guys, man. They want to find another light skin dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Bullshit, I... man. That's <laughs> hilarious. Got going on over there, Golden State, man. It's crazy. So I mean, all... they balling. Yeah, they balling, but it ain't gonna be enough. It ain't gonna be enough. With all the basketball you've watched your whole life, street ball, NBA. Who would you consider the best basketball player of all time? Ooh. Mm. This and it, and it could be a street, it could be a street ball player. It's, it's, it's a hard one, but it's an easy one, right? Because MJ's the greatest of all time. Mm. It's just really nothing you can do about it. And you want to know, these kids, they cheating. So I'll tell you how, right? Mm. This is what I was telling them. Like, so... um. Reggie Miller was the best three-pointer of all time. And, and so Steph comes in and he knows the record. Right. And so Reggie's shooting uh, five to ten threes a game. Steph is shooting 25 to 30 threes a game. <laughs> right. But they're running this shit up. Mm-hmm. Right. They're running it up. They already know. It's like when back in the days when I came out, rappers, Rakim, everybody. 
would take four years to drop an album on purpose. Mm-hmm. They didn't care. Take your time. Then you got Lil Wayne that was dropping albums every six months. Mm-hmm. He's running it up. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, you know, that's that thing out there. Them guys out there, let me tell you something. They looking real good, Golden State. But mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I'm going to stick with Philly. And if anybody pulls the surprise in the fat joke card, it'll be Greek the Freak in them. That's a fact. That is a fact. Only, this guy, you know, sometimes this guy's possessed. <laughs> yeah. He's, <laughs> he's doing some things ain't normal out there. You know Fact. what I'm saying? I think he's like a hybrid modern day Dr. J. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. how I look at Greek the Freak. That's a great way. Yeah. yeah, that's a great yeah. comp. I ain't never think about it like my, that. My, modern day Dr. J on yeah. steroids. Mm. Not literally. But <laughs> no, not literally, but what he's doing. That is hilarious. Thank you so much for hopping on the pod, Fat Joe. My man, yesterday's price indeed is not today's price. Thank you so much, my man. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Spread the word. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's going down. My God. Thank you so much, man. my brothers. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. Take it easy, man. Before we end the show, it's time for my segment. You know what they say. Go ahead, switch the style up. And if they hate, then let them hate. And watch the buckets pile up. Hey! Ooh. Hey, I'm going to do that one again. I'm going to do that one again. Yeah, throw some sauce on that. Hey, that was throw good. some that sauce on that. Good. Good. Before we end the show, it's time for my segment. And you know what they say. Go ahead, switch the style up. <laughs> it's like, nah. And they hate. Let them hate. Ha, 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 And watch the buckets pile up. That's yeah. right. It's a certified bucket of the week. Oh, All right, don't judge goodness. me for that. I was trying to act like I one of them old rappers in the Lito. 80s, Ash. Lethal, I ain't nah, never seen was... you act like this before, bro. Verified with our stamp of approval, it's the certified bucket of the week. I have to give my certified bucket to somebody that played horrible their first game because they were trying to play to do too much and then came back and still shot the ball to play a big game and won. Shout out to my guy, Jalen Brunson. He's the definition of somebody that comes from that grit. And that's why he did what he did at Villanova. That's why he's doing what he's doing in the NBA, because it's not about what you did last game. It's about how you're going to make up for the next game. And he showed us what it takes to continue to be a winner. So Jalen Brunson, keep up the great work. You had 40-plus last game, and you guys won, and you showed the world. Everybody tried to make fun of him for having a bad game and saying he was doing too much, but that's my certified bucket of the week. Keep up the great work, brother. Hell yeah. Well, my certified bucket goes to the third Splash Brother. That is right. The Splash Bros are now triplets because Mm. Jordan Poole is here and he's here to stay. Mm-hmm. 59.66% percent from the field, 59% from the three in two games versus the Denver Nuggets. He is showing that sometimes one of your best assets is sitting in the G League. That's mm-hmm. right, coaches. That's right, GM. Start scouring mm-hmm. the G League because there's some talent sitting in there. Listen, he is the X factor to what is going to be a sensational run for the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, you already know what Clay can do. You know what Steph can do. You know what Draymond can do. But Jordan Poole is bringing it. It is just sensational watching him. There was a part in the game, I think it was in the third quarter, midway through the third quarter, where he makes this shot 
sensational, stands there, very Steph Curry-esque, and just watches it goes in, and then looks at the crowd and does like a slight shimmy. It's like watching a, a clone of Steph in a sense. You know what I mean? It's just, I love that the Splash Bros are now triplets. It is going to be incredible watching this Def lineup. It's going to be incredible watching the Warriors. I mean, it's just, I love seeing guys come up from the G League and just have their moment and show that, look, G League got talent too. Don't sleep on us. And shout out to Jordan Poole, man. I'm definitely a fan. The pool is nice and cool and the swim is going to be lovely. And to Mm. think he wasn't number one, two, or three on the most improved player ballot this year. I voted him in my ballot. I didn't, I didn't vote him number right. one. Right, that's a great point. That's ridiculous. That's he got DeJunte Murray mm. ahead of him. And all due respect to DeJunte, I mean, we knew who he was. He's been the same guy, in my opinion, for a few years now. And now to say that... That is true. Uh, anyway, well, my certified bucket is Kyrie Irving. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man Shocker. comes into Boston, 39 points in front of these fans, giving them the bird, cursing them out, talking to them after the game, <laughs> cursing them out some more. Really just putting the whole team on his back when you consider Kevin Durant shot 9 of 24, turned the ball over six times, and they still only lose that game by one. They only lost that game by one because Kyrie is Kyrie, and he came out and he turned up. That's my certified bucket of the week. Can't nobody guard him. That boy's unguardable, one of the most skilled players. Steve Nash calling the most skilled player of all time. And if you're getting that from one of the most skilled players of all time, Kyrie, you good in my in my book, bro. Do your thing, brother. All right, all right. That is a wrap. That was my Matthew McConaughey impression. All, all right, right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, all right. That is a wrap for this episode of Certified Buckets. Much love to Joey Crack for joining us. Facts. It was a vibe. I always love a fellow New Yorker on the panel. Mr. Yesterday's usually, price but... is not today's. Oh, what you mean you got Christian usually? I said you, but I said not getting new blood. Oh, you know, it's nice you know to saying? get a fellow, you know, that's whatever. Fact, you yes, know what right. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Uh, I know yeah. that's right. That's a fact. But you know what you guys can do. It's the same as what you can always do. And that is do yourself a favor and hit the subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. Shoot your shot on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we're on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on our next show. But until next week, we are out. Peace.